Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast from Equifax, where we break down the latest economic and credit insights to help you navigate today's business landscape. This is our second part in our series with Chris Doritas, Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics, and today we'll dig deeper into the labor market, what the future might hold in 2023 and beyond, and how lenders may need to adjust to best identify risk and opportunity. The jobs reports seem to indicate that the labor market is still strong, even though we're starting to hear about uh, some big layoffs at big name tech and media companies recently. So what is your overall analysis of the labor market with where we are today and perhaps either some challenges or opportunities and where we might find ourselves throughout 2023? Yeah, great question. So the labor market has been very resilient this year or during the pandemic recovery here. There's been a slowdown in hiring. Right At the start of 2021, we were hiring over 500,000 uh, people per month or adding five, over 500,000 new jobs uh, to the economy every month. And here at the end of uh, 22, it's, it's closer to 250, 260,000. So definitely slowing but by historical standards, it's still very, very strong. We have to add about 100,000 people to the economy every month to keep up with population growth. So anything north of that means we are continuing to pull people off the sidelines and back into the labor market. So one uh, perhaps a bit surprising observation here is that despite all the Fed hiking in interest rates, we, the labor market has been surprisingly resilient in terms of hiring and in terms of demand. We have about 10.3 million job openings at the moment, so still lots of opportunity out there. Uh, That is, again, off the high, off off the peak uh, level, but it does indicate that businesses, by and large, are still looking for workers. They do see opportunity to expand their operations. They are looking to hire qualified individuals into their companies and actually struggling to find them. So the labor market is perhaps the one or the brightest uh, spot in the economy right now in terms of its resilience. And one reason why we may avoid uh, an all-out recession going forward is that that demand remains uh, so strong. So even if it weakens in terms of job openings being pulled, unlikely that we'll see very uh, widespread uh, layoffs going forward. So again, I I think the labor market has been uh, strong and should continue to remain relatively strong in 2023 as well. What do you think might throw that off? I know in the previous installment of um, this series, we mentioned a few things that could, you know, be a potential curveball to look forward or, or look out for in the future. I'm guessing another wave of COVID could uh, keep people at home and, and need people back, you know, with childcare and whatnot. Uh, anything else you're forecasting? Yeah, so de- definitely we have all, all sorts of risks or shocks to worry about right? Uh, COVID being one. Uh, Ongoing recession risk, right? We haven't fully digested all of the uh, rate hikes that the Federal Reserve has taken, and there are more rate hikes to come here, more tightening of monetary policy. That's going to make it more expensive for consumers to borrow and businesses to invest. And that certainly will slow things down. And there is a risk that it goes too far, right? That we haven't fully uh, appreciated just how much of an effect it will have perhaps after we get through the holiday season here, we might see a pretty substantial pullback in spending. And that certainly could ripple through the, the economy. There are certainly those, um, those types of risks out there. There are also all sorts of all other unknowns out there in terms of 
the uh, situation of, of course, of the war between uh, Russia and Ukraine. If we got an oil price shock or another energy uh, shock here, supply chain issues could rise up again. And that certainly could complicate uh, the economy's trajectory when it comes to inflation and lead to even more tightening uh, by the Fed, which could in turn lead to even um, weaker uh, economic growth. And that could uh, lead to more widespread job losses. So clearly there are risks here. The other thing I would note is that uh, we, we also want to uh, perhaps take a look at different sectors, right? We're talking in, in aggregates here. Maybe the overall labor market will, uh, will manage, but there are clearly parts of the labor market already that are under stress. So you think about mortgage lending, Right, that's that certainly has uh, been cut back, and we we've seen layoffs uh, among mortgage originators. That's unlikely to change anytime soon, given the uh, current level of interest rates. Construction or home building as well has uh, retreated here. So clearly, there are, there are certain sectors that are more at risk uh, than others uh, going forward that a lender would want to take into account, depending on where they're positioned. When I hear that job growth is is going well um, and it's a bright spot, people who are employed perhaps want to borrow money and they look like better candidates. With that in mind, how, how do we advise lenders to, to steer their course and to strategize knowing that while the job market is good, there are still other economic factors that might make them want to pull back and be cautious? How, how do we find a good medium in there? One main point is just to recognize that there is a, a lot of variety in the economy at any given point in time. So we can talk about the macro economy and the broad trends and say, yeah, there, there are lots of opportunities out there, but that there's a lot of churn in the labor market as well. Unfortunately, people are losing their jobs every day. Luckily, many of them are able to find jobs relatively quickly. So you do see those that churn uh, taking hold here. As a lender, I think you want to take advantage of the uh, data and tools that are out there to uh, have as best insight as, as you can into uh, the future positions and future opportunities here. So if you are lending perhaps to workers in the tech industry and the tech industry is facing a number of high layoffs at the moment, that may not mean that you avoid the tech industry altogether because there are smaller tech firms perhaps that are picking up some of the job losses that are being made. So I think you want to have both that micro and that macro view of what's going on in the economy more broadly. Certainly you want to understand where the rates are headed and what impact that could have on your uh, borrowers. But then the micro data could, can uh, help you with more of the transactional or operational decisions that you're making in terms of granting credit or uh, servicing loans. I think you need that, uh, that full picture to really take advantage of the situation and certainly manage the risks that might already exist in your portfolio. Do you think it's important for lenders as they're, they're working through portfolio management and wise, smart portfolio management to be periodically checking uh, to check on job status. Um, we have so much more data available to us today. The labor market is really great, um, but how how can lenders maybe be more responsible and protect themselves maybe in some of these industries where we are seeing some more churn? But I think one key lesson we learned from the pandemic actually was that job losses themselves may not lead to uh, defaults or delinquencies. It's really income, right? And in the pandemic, we had the 
uh, a lot of government st uh, stimulus that came in kind of replaced uh, lost wage income. So uh, I think it just uh, is a good analogy or a, a good indication that we need to go a bit deeper in trying to understand on the, the trends that exist in the economy. We can't just rely on overall indicators like the unemployment rate as a guide for where, where things are headed. So the more granular we can get, uh, certainly the more insight we can have into the potential strength of uh, different households. So trying to understand the trends in specific industries, again, for the, the borrowers you may be lending to, certainly can be helpful to understand where the potential risks are. Another key area, I would say, is on the, uh, on the balance sheet side of things as well. One thing is to note incomes and try to get your best guess or best forecast for where incomes are headed for individual borrowers. That's a good indication of potential cash flow issues uh, further down the line. But wealth matters as well. And so having uh, some insight into the savings that households have, we talked about the, some of the demographics on our previous episode here in terms of where uh, consumers are uh, relative to each other in the income distribution in terms of their excess savings or additional savings. So having some insight into what the wealth position is of your portfolio, of your borrowers in your portfolio, can also be quite helpful in understanding where the, the risks are. So even if there are layoffs in a particular industry, if those borrowers have fairly healthy balance sheets and good prospects in the future, they may still be very high quality uh, candidates for a loan or a line of credit as they work through uh, a period of, uh, of unemployment. When managing credit relationships with consumers, it can be difficult to understand how they're faring financially. With Customer Portfolio Review from Equifax, we can help you stay on top of what's happening to your customers' credit health, including changes to income and employment. To learn more about how Customer Portfolio Review can help you and your customers stay on track, click the link in our show notes. All right, Chris, I'm going to go back to my favorite question. When it comes to the labor market and jobs, what are you not being asked in any of your consulting engagements or interviews that you think that lenders and businesses should be considering more? Um, what, what insight can you share? I guess I'm going to rely on the, the answer I gave in the previous episode. Uh, there's a tendency to really focus on the short term and what's coming over the next year. Certainly, that's very important. We need to do that. That is most immediate. It hits our, our bottom lines and affects our decisions. But we also have to keep an eye on the, on the longer term. So perhaps a few more questions on where the labor market is headed, not just in 2023, but in 2024, 25, 2030 and beyond. I think is uh, quite uh, important in terms of a, a longer term planning. In particular, I think demographics are going to make a big difference on our economy as we think about the next five to 10 years. Even, uh, even today, we're already seeing some effect from retirees or baby boomers who are, who are going into retirement, perhaps at faster rates than we otherwise would have anticipated. And that does have some real effects on the labor market. It is part of the reason why we have a lack of, uh, of labor supply in many sectors uh, at this point. And so there's this open question of, well, are these retirees going to come back? They, maybe they uh, went into retirement early thinking that their financial positions were sound, but they may realize that they need some more income. So how can we as, as employers uh, certainly attract 
these folks who are out there still wanting to contribute? And can we make arrangements, whether it's gig work or contract work, to allow uh, workers to continue to um, contribute to our overall uh, economy here while still meeting their needs of perhaps wanting more leisure time or they don't want a full schedule, they want some more flexibility. So I think those are some of the challenges that a lender is going to face in the future, not only in terms of their customer base and who's going to be asking for credit or who needs credit, but then in terms of managing their own staff and trying to ensure that they have sufficient employees or sufficient workers to meet all the demand that's out there. And can they tap into uh, some of these non-traditional labor markets and still capture value or, or provide value to, to their customers with these, uh, with these other workers? So, Chris, I'm going to I'm gonna pick a little bit more on what you mentioned with the long term, say 10 years or more forecast on the job and labor market. How do you go about forecasting that? What brings about your answer and, and how can lenders be that forward thinking and looking? Yeah. So anytime you go out uh, in time, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty in the forecast. A lot of things can happen, but that doesn't mean that there isn't value going through the exercise of forecasting. And demographics are interesting because in, in a way they're kind of easy, right? You can look at birth rates or uh, mortality rates. And generally speaking, those tend to be slow moving or follow a trend. So if you're not going too far in the future, like 50 years or 100 years out in the future, then we get really into the, the most uncertain piece. But 5, 10, 15 years out, we have a pretty good idea of what those uh, population trends uh, would look like, at least from in terms of births and, and deaths. And then we have to make some assumptions about immigration. That's, that is a significant wild card here in terms of understanding how many people will be uh, in the economy, both in terms of potential customers and then certainly as um, potential additions to our workforce. And we've been talking about some of the, the challenges in the labor market and immigration uh, certainly could fill some of the void uh, that we're talking about here. So I think for lenders, it's really about gaming out those potential scenarios. And certainly in, in, uh, in the work we do at Moody's, we, we think about upside and downside scenarios, make uh, different assumptions in terms of the range of immigration uh, that we might have uh, over the next 10 years. And that gives us at least some sense of what are the, the potentials for the population, number of households, and the labor market overall going forward. So Again, I don't think it's about having the answer or one correct answer. It's about going through that exercise of understanding, okay, well, under some reasonable assumptions, what can we expect here? And what if we adjust those assumptions just a little bit? How, much, how sensitive will, this, will these uh, figures be? And that can already help to guide us in terms of uh, potential opportunities or potential risks uh, further down the line. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. We certainly appreciate it. Equifax and Moody's Analytics partner on our credit forecast solution, which provides rich insight into how the U.S. and local economies affect consumer credit behavior and performance through a full spectrum of consumer credit services. You can learn more at creditforecast.com. Also, be sure to check out and register for our Market Pulse monthly webinar series. You can find that at equifax.com forward slash Market Pulse. And lastly, let us know how we're doing and what you might like to hear more about in the future in episode episodes of this podcast. You can email our team at marketpulsepodcast at equifax.com. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time. The information and opinions provided in this podcast are intended as general guidance only and are subject to change without notice. The views presented during the podcast are those of the presenter as of the date this podcast was recorded and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. 
Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the Contact Us box on the Investor Relations section at Equifax.com.